Welcome to the Superpowers for Good Show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and today we are so fortunate to have with us Michael Dermer, the CEO and founder of uh, The Lonely Entrepreneur. Uh, this is going to be a tremendous show. Uh, successful founder sharing insights and secrets to help uh, everyone succeed as an entrepreneur. So stick with us. You don't want to miss this episode. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're thrilled to have you and grateful that you would make the time for the show today. Uh, as you launched The Lonely Entrepreneur after you had already had a big success. And of course, The Lonely Entrepreneur is a great follow on success that's really helping a lot of people be, become successful. But tell us what preceded it. Give us a little bit of your history for those few who don't know. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Devin. You know, it was really a wild journey. I started my career as a mergers and acquisitions lawyer in New York City, working for a large New York law firm. But I really had the entrepreneurial spirit and I was very fortunate, stumbled upon and started what got to be known as the first company in the United States to reward people for being healthy. It gave people financial incentives for healthy behavior, you know, didn't exist at the time. And so left this very prestigious law firm in New York City uh, for a startup and built it from scratch and really, you know, at that time had to evangelize a very new concept in healthcare. Uh, like a, many early stage companies and ideas, you know, normally customers say, we haven't heard of this before. Uh, for us, they said, we're never going to do this. We're never going to pay people to be healthy. And we fought the fight and evangelized it. And um, after a couple of years, um, really went on a hockey stick growth. And, you know, that should have been the end of the story, if you will. Um, but in 2008, after being at it for the better part of, you know, a little less than 10 years, um, we almost got destroyed overnight by the financial crisis of 2008. You know, we had secured contracts with some of the company, some of the country's largest companies, which if you remember at that time, you know, got decimated in the financial crisis. So um, at that point we were venture capital backed and, and really had to battle and scrap and claw over the course of the year or two after that, and was fortunate enough to kind of wiggle our way through that. And then on the other end of that financial crisis, everybody was interested in healthcare because it had been completely ignored. And we got um, approached by a bunch of bankers and investors and got I got acquired. And so it worked out great, um, but it was a, a large, crazy, wild ride over the course of about a decade. What we, the way we describe it at, at Now the Lonely Entrepreneur is, um, what we built in 10 years got destroyed in 10 days. Um, and we were fortunate enough to kind of make it through and uh, make it out to the other end. Well, this is really such an amazing, amazing story. Uh, you learned a lot from that, but it's interesting that you've, you've taken the approach now of saying, okay, I learned a lot. How can I share that with the most people? And, and you've really got, you've assembled a big audience at The Lonely Entrepreneur. Tell us about, uh, about the new business and how you're helping people succeed there. Well, I certainly learned a lot about bourbon along the way, but in addition to that, um, you know, what, what was real, what really struck me after I had sold the company and was really just relaxing a little bit in New York City was, you know, I was, I was just noticing that I was helping entrepreneurs for fun, you know, friends, friends of friends, and um, just struck me that, uh, a lot of people that had passion and great ideas, when we said, okay, how are we going to help you? Uh, there really wasn't a place to go for answers, you know, and I was helping somebody and, and they said to me one time, being an entrepreneur is really lonely. And it really stuck with me. 
uh, to the point where a couple weeks later, I was walking down the street with a friend of mine in Union Square in New York, and I said, Lonely Entrepreneur. And he said, what did you say? And I said, Lonely Entrepreneur. He goes, what is that? That's brilliant. I said, what do you mean? It's just a phrase. He goes, no, 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 that, that says it all. And he literally walks into Starbucks. This is like 2015 and screams, who here is a lonely entrepreneur? And everybody raised their hand. And that really spurred me to say, okay, you know, if you could wake up and do anything, which fortunately I could, um, you know, helping people turn their passion into success would be a great thing to try to solve. But I was like, how do you do that? And what we noticed pretty quickly was that while if you went in every city in the United States and really in many cities throughout the world, the ecosystem set up to support entrepreneurs was this very well-intentioned but somewhat disorganized ecosystem of small business development centers and chambers of commerce and incubators and accelerators. Um, and we basically said to entrepreneurs, just go figure it out on your own, right? As long as you have passion and grit, have at it. And so, you know, I was a technology guy and I was like, why couldn't you build a platform? Like, why couldn't you build a one-stop shop that would give entrepreneurs a lot of what they needed to have a better chance of success? So that's what we did. The Lonely Entrepreneur built this thing called the learning community. And, you know, by having this platform, we have the opportunity to put it in the hands of people uh, literally across the world, um, regardless of the stage they are and hope they give them hope to give them a better chance of success. So uh, you've got this incredible uh community that you've assembled uh what's the business model uh, you know you're providing all of this help how does it work for you yeah two different ways one is individuals can buy it you know it's a subscription model it costs about a thousand dollars a year to have access to it and it gets you um, the product has you know a thousand learning modules and unlimited group coaching and a place to get your questions answered um so individuals can buy it for about a thousand dollars, but really a lot of what we do, Devin, is is philanthropic. You know, in our nonprofit, we really want to try to give it away to as many entrepreneurs for free. So the way that we do that is we go to corporations, philanthropies, economic development organizations, even wealthy individuals that, you know, we say to them, listen, if empowering the individuals you care about with entrepreneurial skills aligns with what you're trying to do, then for some money, um, we can provide the platform for free to the entrepreneurs that you care about. And that has led to initiatives to empower, you know, all kinds of communities, black community, Latin community, military community, uh, the community where you grew up in. Um, and so we we're providing both the individual entrepreneur and organizations that care about helping certain communities with the opportunity to put the, the solution in their hands. As you think about the key lessons you've learned and i suspect you've learned a little bit even at the lonely entrepreneur even though the premise was that you learned the lessons in your last go uh but as you think about the lessons you've learned what are what are the top two or three lessons that you try to share with entrepreneurs to help them succeed there've got to be some fundamentals that some of us miss yeah, and, and we're always learning, right, in a fast-changing world, no doubt. So I'd say a couple of different things. First, you know, Devin, I think we did a real disservice to entrepreneurs by saying, as long as you have passion, grit, and a good idea, you're good. You know, you can kind of just go out into the wild and bang your head against the wall, you know, faster than the, the next guy or gal. Um, we have these phrases like, like, fail fast, right? which always seemed kind of silly to me because, you know, it's almost like if I said to you, Hey, Devin, I'm going to perform heart surgery tomorrow. You would ask, well, Michael, did you go to medical school? And I said, nah, I don't need medical school. I just have passion and a good idea, but 
make sure you fail fast, right? You probably kill some people <laughs> on the table. And just so, so I think that, I think that we we did it a service by saying to entrepreneurs that you can kind of go out there without skills. So I think the first lesson is to understand that being an entrepreneur is a series of learning a whole bunch of skills that you need, that the more of these skills you develop, the better at it you'll be. It's not one thing, right? And and as you know, it combines, you know, business, personal, ego, money, you know, friendships, I mean, all of it. Um, and there's just lots and lots of lessons to learn. So one is to really embrace the journey of learning. And really, you should embrace that journey before you start, um, because there's things you have to know. Secondly, and, and we believe that this is the most important thing when it comes to starting a business in the current day and age is what we call finding a playground where nobody else is playing. And, and what I mean by that is the world is so cluttered, right, that the quote unquote competition that any business faces in this day and age, in our opinion, is not other competitors. Um, it's the clutter and the noise that exists out there. Very rarely when people buy things. Do they go, okay, I'm going to compare solution one to solution two. Um, think about all the things that come into your email box every day that you've never really pay attention to. So what we mean by a playground where nobody else is playing is where you go from being one of a thousand or 10,000 or a million people providing the same thing that you're providing to you being the only one providing what you're providing. So if you think about my business, rewarding people for being healthy, loyalty and incentive programs existed all over the world. Um, in pretty much every industry, credit cards, hotels, retail, they just never were in healthcare. And that became our playground. Uh, and, and then when you have your playground, you can define it. Um, another example is we worked with a woman that was a nurse. She got tired of being a nurse. She was really passionate about financial literacy. So she wanted to be a financial advisor, went and got all of her licenses only to realize she was one of a million financial advisors, right? Um, and so when we started to talk to her about her playground, it turned out that a couple of her um, clients, the very few clients that she had, were all nurses. And we're like, OK, you're not going to just be a financial advisor. You're going to be a financial advisor just for the medical profession because you have a unique understanding of that profession. So by defining that playground, you know, she goes from being one of a million to maybe one of one or one of two or one of three. So, Devin, I think that's probably the most important thing. People get caught up in the. Do I use Facebook? Do I use email? Do I use AI? Do I, but we're all using the same tools, right? So if we're all using the same tools, why does somebody win? Um, when you hear about, oh, you're a financial advisor just for nurses, that will win regardless of what channel you put it in. And I think we get too much caught up, too, too caught up in how are we going to market all this stuff and not what is our playground where somebody goes, everybody else is selling apples and I'm selling oranges. Well, th this is really a profound insight, but I think we need to dig. I, I want to go just one half a layer deeper because I think um, there's so much promise in understanding this well, right? Yeah. You succeeded by seeing this niche that had huge social impact, right? You, you literally saved lives. By creating incentives for living healthier lifestyles. Who knows how many people, tens, hundreds, thousands of people are alive because of you. Well, it's also possible that there are people out there who identify playgrounds uh, where they could be the only one playing. And 
the impact is years later, they're still the only one playing and, yep. and, and without customers, without an audience, without success. Yeah. How do you find, how do you marry that pioneer first one on the playground with that reality that if there are no customers, it's not going to work. Help me help us think through that, that dilemma. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's interesting. You know, people always say, you know, what was the market for Uber the day before Uber, right? It was zero, right? So to your point, it's not always, it's not always a linear exercise. Number one, to even define your playground, but number, number two, to execute it. So I think that's where the two things that I said before really play together is if, if and when you go through the process of defining your playground, which is a process because, you know, this doesn't just jump off the page. Um, if it did, everybody would just do it. When you do define that playground, um, then that goes down to the other, you know, kind of thing in entrepreneurship that is the non-sexy part, which is execution. You know, how do you take a playground, a strategic idea, a vision, right? And not just talk to your friends at dinner parties about it, but actually execute it. And that's where all of those skills come in. You know, I think, I think Devin, um, the, the different things that you need to know as an entrepreneur, many of us, when we started, didn't know what that universe was. You know, when you buy a car, you may not know what car you're going to buy, but you know it has a steering wheel and four tires and an engine, right? But imagine if you walked into a dealership and all the parts were on the ground. Right. That's what you know, if you're a chef or a technologist or a fashionista or a doctor, you have your craft and your craft may, in fact, result in a playground. But how do you actually turn that into execution? And I think it's, it's an understanding of what what does a business look like? How do I embrace the journey of learning? And in that process, you get to those unsexy things like financial statements, priorities, right? goals and objectives, you know, those things that don't make for great stories, but are the things that actually translate something strategic like a, a playground into your day-to-day -day activities. If you do those things together, then obviously that results in customers and money and profit and all the fun stuff that goes with that. Well, that's, that's a super powerful insight. I, I appreciate you sharing. We're, we're going to take a short break here, folks. Um, we're here with Michael Dermer, the CEO and founder of The Lonely Entrepreneur. Uh, this is an incredibly valuable discussion. You don't want to miss one minute. But when we come back, we'll be talking to Michael about his superpower. So stick around. You don't want to miss this discussion. Join us at SuperCrowd Baltimore to connect with community-focused business leaders and investors working to support diverse founders, social entrepreneurs, and community builders. Learn how to raise money from the crowd and how to invest like a pro. November 30th at the B&O Rail Museum. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Learn how to build stronger communities with investment crowdfunding on December 20th at 1 Eastern. Dorian Dickinson, founder and CEO of Funding Hope, will explain how to use investment crowdfunding as a tool for community building. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. We're grateful for the support of our sponsors and co-hosts. Ever wonder if you can raise money with a community round on WeFunder? It may not be as tricky as you think. You can start right now in under two minutes. Visit wefunder.s4g.biz or scan the QR code to begin. Give it a try. 
Welcome back, everyone. We're here today with Michael Dermer, the CEO of The Lonely Entrepreneur. We're going to be talking now to Michael about his superpower. Michael, uh, you really are uh, a super entrepreneur. I mean, let's be real. Uh, you've had some tremendous success and uh, a couple of times. Now you're repeating this in a scaled way and helping a lot of entrepreneurs be more successful. There's a lot to be said for that. What is your superpower? I really think, Devin, that, you know, in looking back, I, I think that it's making people go, oh, yeah. So, and, and to put a little bit more meat on that bone, um, to unlock dormant feelings in people in a movement. You know, so if you think about rewarding people for being healthy, everybody in the world knew what to do with their health. The healthcare industry knew it. Individuals know it. Um, and every other industry other than healthcare gave rewards and incentives for opening a bank account or flying on an airline. And so there was this underlying belief that already existed, a wave that was already rising that said, we've got to get people to do this. And that's where incentives for healthy behavior made sense. So it's not that we invented that energy, Devin. The, the, the energy was there. And I think my superpower is the, um, the ability to recognize that it's there uh, and to, to raise it up and turn it into something. And the same thing is true of Lonely Entrepreneur. You know, when I walked into Starbucks and my friend yelled, who here is a lonely entrepreneur? And everybody raised their hand. The energy and the movement was already there, right? It was just, uh, uh, I think, my ability to recognize that if you gave that energy uh, a channel, uh, it could turn into a movement. I mean, I liken it a little bit to, to Sex in the City, right? I'm thinking about what Sex in the City did for women. Um, it didn't create those feelings. It just unlocked feelings that were already there um, and became the iconic you know, uh, brand that it became today. So I think that's really, really my superpower. As you think about that ability, and it is a really cool ability, can you think of a time when you used it to overcome a specific challenge? Absolutely. I mean, in so the way I think of it this way, Devin, in a very simplistic way, is that um, if a couple, let's say a couple is shopping for a house and they fall in love with the house, um, when they get the, the, the report, the inspection report from the inspector and it says there's termites, they always figure out a way to still buy the house because they fell in love in the house. So if you get people to go, yeah, right. Rewarding people to be healthy. Yep. There's going to be all these challenges along the way. You're going to have to fight the healthcare industry, blah, blah, blah. Same thing's true with entrepreneurship, right? Hey, don't we wish we had one place to go to get the answers we need that also understands what it's like to be lonely entrepreneurs. And people go, yeah, what that does is uh, things along the way, more naturally become speed bumps, right? Because people believe, believe in the bigger vision in a way that they're like, yep, we're just trying to get from point A to point B and we're going to have to wiggle through that. Um, you know, in the middle of 2008, Devin, you know some of the story. I mean, we literally got built up to six, 700 employees and almost got destroyed overnight. So it wasn't like you just woke up the next day and said, everything's going to be fine. You know, we went from being on top of the world to worrying about surviving. And what really carried the day was the fact we said, listen, we understand what's going on in the world. 
we also understand that if if we move the needle one percent it's a hundred billion dollars of savings for just the us alone so the fact that the business is going through some some tough times because of what's going on in the world when you get people to buy into buying the house in a in a genuine and authentic way i don't even the word buy-in feels a little bit weird right when you when you get people to do that um solutions tend to present themselves people run through walls um and it also gives you your north star that doesn't really ever waver which as you know when you go through challenges you know that sometimes can be more important than anything great insights i appreciate you sharing that example to help us see this uh, all of us want to be more like you all of us want to be able to unlock those insights that power if you were trying to sort of coach us to learn how to do this, what are what are some of the things that we could do to develop and enhance our own ability to unlock those those insights uh, like you do? Well, I'm not so so sure everybody wants to be like me, but I think the 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 core ingredients I would say is this: I, I do think you have to find your playground. So I think that's where it starts from. I think in a cluttered world, you can't just show up and say, "I'm going to do X," right? Um, Think about it. We're talking about Facebook being passe now, <laughs> right? Who would have thunk it? Uh, so I think first and foremost to find your playground. Second is you have to be able to understand what are the components of a business? Because a lot of times if you're the chef or the doctor or the fashionista and you have a skill and you just go out into the wild, you're going to struggle because all of this is in a very fast moving and changing world. So when I say understand the parts of a business, you may not know what those are. But just recognizing that you don't know what those are and you need to be around people, whether they be partners or founders, co-founders or consultants that can say, listen, you need a financial plan, right? You need a go to market strategy. You need to raise money. And here's the components of that. Just recognizing, nope, I don't know all that. I know fashion. Um, I got to put resources and people around me. Um, and sometimes those resources, and people around you have to be things you get for free. Right. And that's where you have to use your entrepreneurial creativity to do that. So I think it's do I have that unique go to market, my playground? Can I start to understand uh, uh, and bring together what I need for a business to be successful? And then you just got to work your ass off. Right. Then you just have to like one of the things that I take great, great pride in is that nobody will ever outwork me. Because when I believe in something, uh, it's not just about a business. It's about, you know, what I'm trying to do for the planet. And, and especially in this case, in the past, healthcare, but probably even more importantly now for people's sense of fulfillment and realization. So I think you need your playground. I think you need to understand what a great business looks like. And I think you need um, that energy uh, and effort that is always going to be essential gas to getting your car to, to drive as fast as you want it to drive. That's fantastic. Thank you very, very much. And people do want to be like you, trust me. Uh, now, let's, uh, as we wrap up now, I wonder if you just take a minute and tell us how people can learn more about The Lonely Entrepreneur, how they can connect with you, uh, and how they can, you know, follow you on social media, et cetera. Sure. So very simple, lonelyentrepreneur.com. Uh, and that's where you can find all of, all about the the learning community. And we also have a consulting practice we call Sidekick. Um, everybody needs a sidekick, right? So for people that are further along and looking to grow their businesses and all of the traditional social media channels, I mean, everything is pretty much uh, Lonely Entrepreneur or The Lonely Entrepreneur, except for Twitter, which is just The Lonely E, um, but The Lonely Entrepreneur in all kinds of different places. Uh, 
And for those of you, like if you happen to have some of the folks in your audience that are impassioned about helping some of our underserved communities, uh, our, our uh, nonprofit uh, is the TLE Foundation, uh, and that's tlefoundation.org. Uh, and happy to talk to you about some of the work we're doing there to try to provide our services for free to, to entrepreneurs. Well, why don't you take a minute here as we wrap up, tell us a little bit more about the, the foundation and its work. Yeah, I mean, like I said before, you know, our goal is to try to get this platform in the hands of people all over the world at the greatest scale that we can to have the impact and give people a better chance, as we say, to try to turn their passion into success. I mean, that's what we're really trying to do. And so what we do with the foundation is we go to corporations and philanthropies and economic development organizations that are trying to empower groups of communities, whether it's a city, um, whether it's uh, the black community or the military or returning citizens or farmers. Um, and if you're passionate about those communities um, for a certain amount of money that you can give our, our foundation, it's an all nonprofit uh, tax deductible. Um, we can give our platform to the entrepreneurs that you care about um, for a certain period of time. And all that information can be found at uh, tlefoundation.org. Fantastic. Well, again, we really want to thank you for taking the time to be with us today. You, you're, you're just a, an extraordinary uh, entrepreneur, and we're grateful for all that you've done for us. We want to wish you every success in the great work that you continue to do. Uh, thank you, Devin. It's been a real privilege to be here, and, and thank you for the thoughtful discussion. All righty. Now, let's do some good.